episode 288. That is the holy grail of all automotive profitability training, which is to get away from the fix for me business to maintain for me. Repairs are always going to be there. So you don't really need to build a repair business. That happens by itself. What really takes hard work is build a maintenance business. That requires training. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Welcome, aftermarketers, throughout North America and around the world. Carm Capriato here, adding another smart discussion to the Aftermarket's premier podcast archives. Today, the interview is with George Anico from eAuto Club. We talk about using the power of your historical customer transaction data as a tool to grow your service business. This episode is supported by Federal Mogul Motor Parts. Search for parts, get the latest technical updates, and do you like rewards? Well, who doesn't? Sign up for their Garage Rewards Loyalty Program at fmmotorparts.com. Hey, the network of listeners builds every week, and I'm honored to make so many connections like new Facebook friends Rich Fearing, Charles Allen Weathersby, Juan Barrera, and David Newman. And to my newest LinkedIn connections, Mark Roberts, John Vanderbush, and Edward Bloom. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Find all connections, including the Insider Newsletter, at remarkableresults.biz slash social. If you're a listener on the Remarkable Results Radio app for iOS and Android, you know there's some cool features like episode highlights, my guest's picture, and a smart Bluetooth stop and start feature so you can listen while you're commuting. You'll catch the entire episode to and from work. You know, meet George Attico from eAuto Club. George acquired Santa Monica Auto Center in 1998, and he founded eAuto Club in 1999. With a business in computer science education, George identified the aftermarket's need for transactional service data aggregation. In essence, a family-owned vehicle fleet service management system. Now, the data that sits on your server contains a treasure of information that can be served up in just the right way. With the right AI software, artificial intelligence, for natural language predictive CRM, you can do a lot with the data. Now, George shares the power of growing your business using the information that you already own. Find the extended bio on George Anico and the talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash E288. Now, I can summarize this episode as insightful to the nth degree. Many strong thinking moments here that will energize the system and marketing qualities inside you, and I hope inspire you to grow your business. Now, here's George Anico. A warm welcome to George Antico, founder and CEO of eAuto Club, Inc. from Pacific Palisades, California. Hey, George. Hi, Carm. You're a data guy, and, you know, there is an explosion in data science going on, and uh, I know you know a lot about this, so uh, right out of the chute, what effect is data science going to have on businesses, no matter what size they are, over the next, say, two to three years, that's going to give them a market advantage with the customers who love digital? Great question, Carm. Data science is nothing new. Since we've been tracking the calendar in order to see when we should um, sow our crops, 
um, that is data science of sorts, right? And you, you just map and you know when the rains are coming based on the stars. And so humans have been doing this for a long time. Uh, in more recent times, uh, accounting and cost accounting and all of those things are also ways of saying, well, um, we need to know our numbers so that as we produce and uh, in the automotive, uh, as we produce and we service vehicles, the idea is always, well, give me more vehicles and give me more business and I will do better. Well, that's not always true. And this is where data science is kind of handy in making sure that your formula uh, or the process that you have of taking your vehicle, putting it through your inspection, then uh, doing the sale, and then buying the parts, installing them. And at the end of that, when you are done through your 200 transactions during that month, hopefully you end up with a 60% gross profit. Why? Because you're going to need that in order to pay for all your fixed costs. And uh, and this is after gross profit, I said. This is after you've paid the cost of goods sold, which are the parts and the, and the technician time. And these are the, the data science, if you will, that is directly applicable to the automotive service. Now, uh, beyond all of this, which everybody is uh, familiar uh, with the data science of making sure that our formula ends up with the result we want so that when we do more of it, we have more of the good stuff. And it's possible to have a shop actually that has a losing formula and does a ton of volume and they really never uh, get strong. But something has happened in particular um, with the computers. Uh, it's nobody's, uh, to nobody's surprise, they have become very powerful and cheap. And the scale at which the computers have become powerful and cheap is, it's, we come off and say, oh, you know, the cell phone has more power than the Apollo mission did and this and that. And that doesn't really tell the story. What we are approaching is a, a, a time when we have a tremendous accumulation of source information, of source data. And this started with the sciences that just couldn't handle the amount of information. And a very well-known uh, project was, is the Genome Project. It's just the process of humans identifying certain conditions in, in the information that we get in order to identify, for example, if a certain um, uh, aspect of the genetic code is present. Humans would take maybe a thousand years to go through a certain process that the computer could do it about three seconds. Wait a minute, you're really, you're getting so heavy on me here. We're talking the, the human genome here? Well, it's an example where people know that computers have been oh, used okay. for data mining. No, I, I get it. And what you're also, I think, saying, because I'm trying to stay right here with you, is that when you say computers have come down in cost, are you really, you're not talking about the laptop, you're talking about the, the ability to store data? It's a combination, actually. Good point. It's not only the computing power, which is crunching the numbers, but it's also how much data can you hold in your drives okay. and your hard disk. All right. And a phenomenon has happened where storage is no longer physical, meaning that um, the way the computers are now programmed, uh, in the old days, you had 10 megabytes, and when you ran out of 10 megabytes, you had to buy another drive and add another 10, and then you know you had two hard drives, and you had to go find where the data is. Well, now that's all gone. 
uh, now data doesn't matter if you are a small shop or you are the U.S. Uh, IRS, right, uh, and uh, you've got 300 million social security numbers, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. The data storage is unlimited, and the next thing is really important. Computational power is almost unlimited, where now you don't wait for your CPU to run through cycles and wait until the answer is arrived at. Um, uh, computing now is uploaded onto uh, flexible servers or virtual servers where they just uh, call upon other CPUs in order to compute a big program. And this is really where the data science has taken on a totally different level because not only you have almost limited computing power, you also have unlimited storage power. Okay, let's bring this down into our automotive aftermarket and the service professional. How how can... Uh, so so I'm, I'm a shop owner and I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm getting what, uh, what George is saying. So I've got the ability to have all this data. What do I do with it? Well, perfect. So let's talk about my obsession with the automotive service industry, and, and I am... You've had an obsession for what, 10 years now, I think? Or longer? No, I started in uh, in the 1998, actually. Oh. I bought a shop, and that was um, in my 40s, so I was late in my professional career. But my background um, has nothing to do with automotive other than I, I've been obsessed with cars all my life, and you know this is uh, how we all seem to come to this business. So you're a car guy and a data guy, and you know I have to tell you something. You and I have spent some time and talked, and I was fascinated by. I've seen you on stage. I've seen you present. I, I've chatted with you. I, I know you've gone out and spoken to the industry about this, and and I knew that we had to bring you on. But what I'm fascinated with is I get what you do so much because in my in the old days when i worked for corporate america data was it for us we were figuring out who wasn't supporting us and buying from us because we knew what the norms were versus you know what what the purchases were we could tell we could tell share just by manipulating data and i and i so i think that's where you're going aren't you isn't that what you do absolutely Absolutely. So the, the question is, so we go from doing analysis of the genome, right? And how does that apply to auto repair? The beauty is that as the computing cycles and the storage becomes cheaper and cheaper, guess what? Now small business can handle and afford and apply just as well as the Fortune 500 companies. Small business, mom and pop can now have a data uh, analytics process working in our small business and helping us with those areas that have traditionally been blind spots for the automotive service. Brake jobs are a staple component of all successful shops, and getting the brake job right helps build a quality reputation for any shop. When the best is called for and stopping distance, rotor wear, and pad life are important to every shop and its customers, Wagner OEX brake pads are your only choice. Based on benchmark testing conducted by Link Engineering Company, Wagner OEX pads can stop a pickup, SUV, or CUV up to 50 feet sooner. Based on internal testing comparing new Wagner OEX to other Wagner offerings, the unique design of Wagner OEX increases pad life up to two times longer. 
The customized shape and slot design of each of the more than 114 SKUs creates a turbulent airflow that allows for cooler operation and improved stopping power for the vehicle on which it was designed. Wagner OEX cover 95% of the U.S. market of pickups, SUVs, and CUVs. Wagner has the science behind stopping perfected. They conduct 13,000 critical tests each year and, as of today, have 258 issued patents with 68 patents pending. Wagner has earned their stripes. Now they want to earn yours. Install Wagner OEX, the customized brake pad that can stop your customer's truck up to 50 feet sooner. You've always counted on Moog to keep you ahead of the pack when it comes to chassis innovation. Well, they've done it again. Most recently launched is the Moog ball joint with a pre-installed integral dust boot. It's designed exclusively for compression-loaded suspension systems, providing superior strength and durability for these types of vehicle applications. The dust boot is made from higher-strength materials and comes pre-installed, saving you time because it's easier to install. It also has a larger contact area against the stud, which makes a more effective seal. For your customers, the unit uses Moog's powdered metal gusher bearing that provides longer life and controlled radial and axial movement. You get the industry's leading coverage of 10,000 SKUs, including 4,600 for foreign applications. Hey, you've been installing Moog confidently for years, and now you know why. And this is all about selling and market share opportunities by taking the data and doing something with it. Uh, you know, so, so many guys struggle with marketing. So, okay, great. Well, I go to Facebook, I, I place an ad, they've got all that data there on who I'm trying to, you know, recruit into my shop. And I know what you're saying is, you have the data yourself, you just need to do something about it. This is a big subject. And you opened up the social marketing, which is a, a huge subject on its own. And I'm going to leave that all to the side and say, yes, you're right. Would you come back again yeah. and we'll talk about that? All right. Okay. Yeah. So here, here's where I'm going with this. So uh, in our industry, what is the blind spot? And let, let's start there because, okay. you know, I, I throw this out and I basically say to my peers, you know, we as an industry, and I'm going to include our peers as the part suppliers because they are sitting in the same um, train, if you will, mm -hmm. where they have the same problem that the installer has or the shops, uh, uh, you know, automotive service uh, businesses have, which is that the computers that are used in our industry have been evolving. And we got to remember that 25 years ago, we were handwriting invoices or maybe 30 years ago. And that process of computerizing and digitizing the invoicing in particular is critical. The moment we started invoicing, with a computer, we started creating a record, a digital record of an installation of a part, as opposed to handwriting and selling that same installation. The distinction is that the moment a computer was used uh, in order to do an invoice, we now have an authoritative uh, timestamp of a particular part, lubricant or fluid, that was replaced on a vehicle. Now, in the normal course of business, um, you have all of this information at your fingertips as an operator, as a service writer, right? I can go into your vehicle. You come to me, Carm. You've been to my shop 14 times. 
and I say, hey, hi, you know, here's your Maserati. You know, you, we've got the Quattro Porte here. How did you know here. I drive one of those? Oh, I see that picture behind you. Yeah, it's got the... <laughs> <laughs> Woo, you just woke me up from my dream. <laughs> so for for our purpose, we have all the service records of every visit you've had uh, coming to me since uh, in the last nine years, right? Or uh, actually, that would be too few. Uh, let's say you have 20, 20 visits, okay. you know, in the last. Okay. What I do as this is putting myself as the average shop in the U.S., and I'm not talking about the bottom, and this is, uh, I would say, the top 50%. Let me describe it that okay. way, because this includes the top, top service providers. Behind you, I have Mrs. Wilson and Harry and Sam. So there's three or four people in the room. I've got the parts guy that's about to drop something off. And as a service writer, I'm a busy guy. I know that I've got a few uh, minutes with you. I take your car. I ask you about what's the problem. You tell me about the squeaky wheel. I tell you, okay, take a seat. We're going to inspect your vehicle. We do a, the 29-point inspection. Now, this is part of our process. And I have you sit down. When the technician is done with the inspection, he comes back and I come to you and I go over the vehicle uh, and what it may need. Sounds right? Yeah. Okay. Here's what's missing. If I have 20 visits in my history of that coolant flush, the battery that I sold you, the windshield wipers, and, and we go on, there's about 30 categories that are cyclical requirements that vehicles have front brake rear brake you know brake fluid front differential rear differential shocks and so forth right why don't i ask my management system dear ro rider mitchell one you know uh whatever it is protractor and i, I mean I'm, t I'm mentioning the top management systems max tracks and uh, Shop Boss Pro and you know Fast Track, all of these very very fine management systems that are full featured. Why don't they tell me how much you drive per day? Let's start there, and and let the management tell me, Carm, you're driving 58 miles a day. You know you used to be at 24. Wow, what a jump! And now you tell me, no, I went on a trip. Why? Because the computer is looking at the last three odometer readings. I just entered today's odometer, and it does the math for mm -hmm. me. Right? I mean, computers can do that. The next thing it does is it goes back through your 20 history uh, items, and I see that I've done your oil change maybe 15 times in those 20 visits or whatever. Only the last time is a one, one that really counts. And it tells me that the last time you were here, instead of using regular oil change, you actually use synthetic oil. So your interval now is 8,000-mile interval. I'm looking at the 58 miles you drive per day, and the computer system is telling me that you are 927 days over on your oil change. Whoops. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. It also goes down the line, and it tells me that out of the 33 things, there are nine things that you should not buy today. You don't need a coolant. You've got another 23,400 miles left on how much you're driving based on the fact that I did your coolant on July 3rd of 2016. So the computer is doing the math for me. 
identifying what services I performed at which intervals. Different services have different intervals, so I have that. You know, I mean, I have rotation of tires is every six months. The coolant is actually three years. Your your synthetic oil changes every eight thousand miles. This is simple math for computers. Now, for us in the normal course of business, why did I take your car and give it to my technician? Because when I go to my management system, here is my option. I can go to the last invoice and look at what I did. And then I have 19 more behind that that I need to go look at. And I'm looking at static information that's organized chronologically. Wait a minute. There's, just, there's, no, there's no analytics being served up to the service writer and or the customer to best understand what really needs to be done. Uh, how to take care of that car so that it lasts forever. It reminds me of, I guess, the blood test from the doctor where, you know, here's your vitals. Here's what you need to do. Listen, oh, cardiologists say we need to see every six months, and that's just how it's going to be. You're almost saying we can do so much more if we have the data served up right. Well, what I like to do is is, uh, say to my audience, let's project forward. Let's do a crazy number 50 years from now. Will our management system tell us how much CARM drives per day? Will it look at the last three odometers? Will it be able to look back at the history and decipher what is a coolant flush versus a top-off, right? Because maybe it can identify the part or the lubricant that was purchased. But, George, a computer could be told to do just about anything. Well, that's what's changed. So what I'm describing, and this is the gray area that sometimes doesn't... uh, immediately come into focus. What I'm saying is this, the difference is between information and conclusions or data, just raw information and raw historical information where I say, my management system has your 20 invoices. I just don't have time, Carm. You're waiting for me. And so the idea is that when we make this leap and we say, okay, you know, what are you talking about? I have all the information. I know what my customers' cars need. I can look at it. I'm saying, yeah, but if you have enough time, you have time to look at it. Otherwise, what do we do routinely? And this is what I call the blind spot of our industry. And, I, and I've made a big uh, issue about this where the distinction is computers are going to get really smart very soon. And we, we have software that does this now, as, as you know, where we can go through a service history and identify what services were done. And the reason why the management systems don't do this is because management systems, just like Google, you can't get an answer if you don't have the question in Google. For example, you have to go in and you have to say, I want to know what is the interval for a tire rotation. And it'll give you, you know, 14,000 hits, you know, of, of an answer, right? Now, if you go into the management system and you say, well, show me when I did a coolant flush, it's going to show you. Now, what do you do? Now, you have to look at the date. You have to look at the odometer. You have to look at today's date, today's odometer, and you have to do that last mile or that last step, which is and come up to the conclusion, should I make an, a, a coolant flush change or not? Because the management system requires you to identify what a coolant flush is and you need to know what 
certain words to type. You could have entered your coolant flush as X972-4. Oh, mine. I think I hear what you're saying is every shop would key in their data differently. There's no basic industry standards. There's no standards among shops. So it's difficult for the shop management system to even calculate, uh, even show the data, because it makes no sense unless there was somebody that could interrupt that and kind of normalize it. That's exactly right. And and Google has been trying to do that with images and things like that. And now you hear about artificial intelligence, how now it's able to recognize cats and find all the pictures that are cats on the web. That is new. In the old days, you had to go in search for cat images, and only the images that were labeled as cat would have been found. The computer was doing no interpretive analysis of what the images looked like. That is what has changed. Thanks for that, Carm, because sometimes uh, this is a little difficult for uh, understanding what I'm talking about. And the big change in the shop management systems is the following. The management systems do 100 things beautifully from the estimating catalogs and this parts and you know, workflow during the day and all of that. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't have any idea of what the records mean. So the only way that you can find uh, an answer to a question is if you know exactly what to ask for. What's changed now is with a product like service intelligence and and, uh, AI that does interpretive substring searches and giving the computer the intelligence to be able to rip through a million line items because, you know, this is a shop with four bays that's been in business for 10 years. You have a million, you know, let's say that you're doing uh, 200 to 300 ROs per month. You accumulate a lot of records. Mm -hmm. So now we can rip through a million records. And like I was describing the Google artificial intelligence that is looking at the image in order to find cats, we're looking at the data in order to find coolant. So we find them all. As opposed to having the user, the service writer, to say, show me what I did for coolant. Because it's okay, you could do it once, but the customer is waiting for you. Now you're going to ask again about the tires, go look and see when it was done. You're saying is we're going to go out into a learning mode, boom, boom, a quote-unquote learning mode, and we're, we're going to pull this data so it makes, so it brings value to me, the shop owner, and to my consumer. Number one, I'm going to be able to sell right maintain right the customer is going to have a place to hang its hat more than yeah the thing i love about what you're saying is i walk in i've got my maserati thank you for giving me a maserati and 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 you're saying hey you know this is an expensive car you need to be doing these things Uh, we'll do these today we'll we'll check out your your jiggle noise in the back but you need we need to be starting to set these appointments as you know in in the every next quarter you need to come back and we need to do these things and I, I, I guess what I'm sensing here as a customer, wow, what a great place to hang my hat and to always be here. Exactly. The end, the end game is always how do we serve our customer in a way that outperforms our competitor? Okay, this is really at the core of everything that we've been talking about. It says, why do all of this, right? And so 
what I don't want to get lost here is in the in the description of what I was saying is why is it that and I will make the following claim that if we go and there's a hundred thousand shops in the U.S. that are full service, there's 150 if you include uh, specialty shops. But if we talk about the top shops in the country and we ask them, are you a fleet service manager? That's a very specific function. And we ask the industry that question. And we could get, uh, let's say that we could get this answered. You will find 99% will say no. The, the shop is, is not a fleet manager. The fleet manager is the guy that owns the fleet. We are the service center and we service the fleet. So the question is, why don't you keep track of that fleet for the fleet manager? Because I don't have a fleet service management software. What I have is a shop management software. And those are two different things. So what's the difference between a shop management system and a fleet management system? Well, the data. The data. <laughs> yeah. No, changing the data from being data into actionable conclusions. And computers can do that's kind of what I meant, and, and thanks for correcting me, taking the data and making it actionable. And I couldn't help but think um, three or four cars in my family's home, actually, it's a little fleet. Every family has a fleet. And here, what I didn't say what year your Maserati was, is that's actually a 1969 Maserati <laughs> that you have. <laughs> and so you, it needs all kinds of wonderful care, but very careful care, you know, because this is what uh, we want to tell our customer. And this is what I want to say to you when you come to my shop. Carm, check this out. I know, you, you know, you, you are a techie guy. You know, you've got, I see you have the X uh, iPhone in your hand, you know. So, but listen what, to what we're doing here at this shop. This is really cool. Let me show you. We've always kept track of your maintenance and we've always done vehicle inspections. But now we added something else. We've added artificial intelligence, which is a mechanical AI that went through your 20 visits and it analyzed and aged every part, every lubricant and every fluid precisely on how many miles you drive per day. And I can see that your wife, you know, with her BMW, she's only driving nine miles a day. And now you're thinking, oh, George knows that I'm driving 58. That's about right. You know, I do about 28, 29 miles each way. And he also knows that my wife doesn't drive very well. So much, I mean, <laughs> sorry. that was <laughs> A Freudian <laughs> slip. <laughs> so she doesn't drive very much. So what I am doing is I'm taking care of your family budget and I will spell it out for you and say, yeah. So what we do is we adjust the aging of your wife's work, uh, whatever work we did on, on her vehicle based on her daily mileage versus yours. And so you actually require uh, a much, you know, five times uh, the amount of uh, service that your wife does. And this is how we age the parts, lubricants, and fluids so that when we do pull something out of your car, it's after we squeezed out that last mile out of that coolant flush because that's how much we respect your wallet. And we will never do something prematurely. And just as important, we will never forget anything because the system won't allow it because we've got three colors on this printout. 
The blue, which is what you don't need. The red is what you do, services you do need. Look, you know, it says you need a tire rotation and an oil change. And the black, we've never done. Look at this. You've been here 20 times and we've never sold you a windshield wiper. And you say, yeah, no, that's right. You know, I buy those at Pep Boys and, and whatever. So I say, oh, when did you last buy it? And, and they say, yeah, I did it uh, three months ago. So I can go into my system and add the event that that windshield wiper was replaced place three months ago mm -hmm. so that I don't make the mistake of doing a vehicle inspection and telling you you need a new windshield wiper. The power of that, in my opinion, you, you, so when did you buy it three months ago? Let, let me go into the system and tell the systems so that we can monitor that for you. I guess I may be done doing my own wiper blades. I may now say, all right, well, yeah, t take care of them. Just, just track that for me and, and make that happen. That is uh, exactly what happens because what you will be doing is relinquishing the decision-making to the computer, not to the vendor. And this is really important where your trust now is placed on a computer algorithm that is unbiased, that is just counting days, and you buy into the process. So this is a, an add-on to the management system because the management system still does what it does. But the reporting process that happens on top of the management system, so this is an add-on uh, reporting that we do. And now that you see that it is accurately tracking, including the windshield wiper, you say, oh, yo, I just remembered I also uh, had my uh, tires rotated at Goodyear. Okay, let me add that. And so now you, I give you a report that not only has all of the work that I've done in the 20 visits, but you are able to supplement it with the uh, – the services that you performed at competitors' places. And now I can say to you, Carm, you know, in the old days, a lot of our customers chase coupons around. And frankly, it's terrible because when you do that and you fragment your service information among multiple service providers, nobody has the full picture and you end up buying things you don't need to inadvertently. So really, uh, the shop has the DNA on my car. That's right. It's like a CAT scan of the vehicle and it is done as a buffer between our business objective of profitability which is okay and the vehicle's owner's object uh, objectivity uh, or objective which is to have a frugal maintenance program that can help him hold on to that vehicle as long as possible so now it branding, if you will, at the front counter, I want to tell my customers that our business is focused on preventative maintenance to extend the useful life of the family vehicle at the minimum maintenance cost possible by never replacing something premature. And we know that's exactly where the service professional has to be focused today on, on the maintenance of this fleet, this car park in the U.S., what kind of, if, if I was all, if I loved what I was hearing and I looked at something like this and, and I had an aggressive budget to grow 10%, I don't know, the industry's growing 3% this year, um, in that, right. in that neighborhood, could, could I build a sales budget to grow double digits next year because I put something like this in play? The answer is, um, Double is uh, is a big number, but here's what I will say. 10%. Absolutely. Uh, that is easy. Double digits uh, by, you know, it's not 8, 9, it's, it's 10, 11, 12% because... Oh, sure, sure. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm looking to say 
you know, I've had a great year. I've, I've grown three to 5%, but how, what kind of things can I implement to get bigger and better growth? Well, what we're talking about here, and we haven't really described what what it is that I am suggesting, but the answer is absolutely you can get double-digit growth. And uh, the, the reason why this is uh, predictable is because we're talking about reporting at the front counter when the vehicle is being dropped off. This is not marketing. We're not talking about sending emails and postcards, although you want to do that too. But what I'm describing is taking a shop today, adding an add-on to your management system, and becoming a fleet service manager for your 6,000 vehicles or 12,000 vehicles, however many vehicles you have in your database, from that moment forward, you become the fleet manager. And your process now totally changes. And, you know, I just got a, if I may uh, share this with your listeners, this was... uh, on uh, yeah, yesterday, I got an email from uh, Ray Carr. Carr Smith uh, is his shop, and he basically told me that by implementing service intelligence, we doubled his sales in the first month. But then it leveled out. He has been able to cultivate enough recurring maintenance work where he no longer takes cars for customers unless. He interviews them, shows them the management he does, that he's a fleet service manager, and that he requires his clientele to allow him to do all of the maintenance, unless they're in an emergency elsewhere, you know, but that's basically the program. And he's uh, basically in that testimonial said that never mind increasing sales, it has changed his clientele. It changed how he does business. It, what, what went through my mind was the healthcare industry and, and all the prevention that they're working with. You know, they, they, they want you to, you know, they'll send a nurse to your house to say, we want to do a wellness thing and we want you to, you know, go to the gym. And we, <laughs> Okay, so you're going to make my car last 200,000 miles if I do all this stuff? Pretty amazing. And here, you know, I found his email. May I, may I read his quote? Sure. Uh, we experienced a doubling in sales in a single month when other conditions were just right. Since, since then, your program has helped me to cultivate a database of quality customers concerned for the care and maintenance of their vehicle rather than customers who simply chase coupons or show up at the shop only when something breaks. Years of using service intelligence has enabled me to cultivate a quality database with a volume of repeat business, volume underlined, that allows me to option allows me the option of accepting only acquisition customers that I care to test as potential retention customers. So you have my data. I have a a home and a place. Does that allow the shop owner to really set appointments and not live in that world of emergency, emergency all the time? Yes. Well, that that is the holy grail of all automotive profitability training, which is to get away from the fix for me business um, to maintain for me. And the repairs are always going to be there. Um, So you don't really need to build a repair business. That happens by itself. What really takes hard work is build a maintenance business. That requires training. And, and it seems, you know, that letter that you read um, in this, if you will, the way this guy's doing business differently, it almost had to start conditioning the the vehicle owner to start budgeting 
for automotive repairs because I don't think anyone, anyone in America budgets for automotive repairs. Does this software send me information that tells me what's coming up and what's next so that I guess I could budget? Yeah, there's two aspects to the software. The first piece is what we call point-of-sale intelligence. And uh, so that, or service intelligence, that is a reporting system that's used just to print the report that the management system cannot produce. So it takes all the history that I have on your car. It ages the last event, right? Because that's the only one that matters with maintenance. When was the last time I did that particular service? How much did you drive? And do I need to do it again today or not? It's very simple stuff, but it's amazing how big of an impact that has at the front counter because all of a sudden immediately your service counter is maintenance is doing maintenance management we also have the crm or the customer retention marketing that all automates all of that and then yes, we send out the emails and a reminder so i actually could see it and, and and so i can start i can start budgeting so it's it's really in my mind a doctor's portal for my car and, and that's all I could keep thinking about and and the power of that is that you've been able to pull take that data manipulate it through the right algorithms and then serve it back up to the shop owner and, and to the uh, to the client in a way that is um we we all say computers don't lie oh the computer said so Google said it and there's this point that says what's fake news what's what's not but literally, oh yeah, I was there. I got this thing done. The confidence that the predictability is is there is strong because you can see, you know, you were there, you did it. And and so my history then becomes my future. It's it's like no I don't want to say back to the future, but it's it it it's it's predictive. Well I want to go back to what we were saying earlier that um and I and I really um have found difficulty sometimes in our own industry understanding that we have a blind spot. The blind spot is that the pace of business is so fast that we do not have time to go back into the history to age what we've done in the past. And this really is something that I say to my my fellow members of uh, the aftermarket. We need to understand that we are working blind and that with Computing uh, advances, in particular artificial intelligence, where we build a mechanical dictionary that now can figure out, for example, like I was saying earlier, looking at a picture of a cat and saying, yep, that's a cat. That's an advancement that just happened in the last three, four years. Same thing for the automotive service. What I am saying to you is, and I'm saying this to every shop owner, Today, when you walk in and the vehicle comes up to you, we're blind and we're going to give it to the technician because we just don't have time to look and sift through service records. So you figure it out, Tony, you know, and here we give him a blank sheet for him to go, which is uh, very tiring and it's a bad process altogether. The alternative is that we apply artificial intelligence to the service writing so that we can become fleet service managers for our customers' vehicles. And it's cheap. It costs about the same as uh, any CRM. Well, CRM, some people may say, is expensive. But frankly, for a business that's doing, on average, we have 200 vehicles a month at $200 per work order. You can change those numbers up and down, but that gives you a 40000 We have a half a million dollar a year enterprise is the average shop. 
about 1% covers the cost of decking your 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 shop with the top data mining uh possible. So you're you're really saying uh Carm that that should be in your marketing budget? Absolutely. Okay. And and what are shops spending on marketing today? 3 to 6? No, actually they're spending 1% or less. Ah. Uh 3% or 6% is what the top shops do, but often that money is spent on blanketing local zip codes and this and that and 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 uh, the percentage has gone up and up why because it doesn't work people don't i don't react to emails i don't care about text messages or phone calls or anything i want to see my records as a, an educated human if i come to your shop carm and you've had my car for 20 times have the courtesy to show me my my last records and i don't know as a vehicle owner whether the computer can do it or not but if you give me my own visits i'm not going to argue with history you're right I, I you just can't remember and when i get that receipt in my hands i say what folder did i put the other one in <laughs> i'm sorry that's just me oh george um so interesting um i love where this went um i learned a lot well, sometimes it's um, it's difficult to be in a business that has so many things hitting us from all sides. And I want to finish uh, on a, on a positive note, and uh, I'd like to paint a picture if I could. The industry, correctly so, is a bit in a, in a bit of a panic because of telematics and because of what the dealerships are doing and the advances on the new vehicles and just the. Uh, communication uh, path between the vehicle and the dealers and what's that going to do to our sales and this and that. And here's what I want to say to to our uh, wonderful industry. We have the advantage of personal care. That has always been the strength of the aftermarket. And with the evolution of artificial intelligence for the service industry, we are going to be able to provide the vehicle owner with a depth of care that telematics is not even going to scratch the surface. And here's why. Telematics gives you current information only. It tells you what's going on with a vehicle, and it also gives you historical code that maybe it may have fired on some malfunction during between visits. Right? And I really need to emphasize that this is real-time what's going on with a car now. Does it tell me when was the last time I rotated your tires? Does it tell me when was the last time I changed your coolant or your cabin filter or your front shocks? No. And we have 250 million vehicles of which, let's say, 20% of those are the ones that have the telematics features on the new vehicles with all the light indicators and all of that. But the majority of those vehicles, which is our concern, those are 11 and a half year old vehicles. That means you have as many 22 year old vehicles as you do new ones, right? So in, in that pool of vehicles, the aftermarket's got the goods. We have the 20 years of service history. We can cater to that clientele and provide them with professional fleet service management and we'll let the dealerships try that one for size. What are they going to come up with? Oh, we got an error code. So what? 
We're going to have the telematics also because I believe the industry is going to make that information available to the independents. And we're going to supplement that to the historical records. But really, what really matters is that we tell the families that have three vehicles and these vehicles are are built you know, uh, with near aircraft quality, quality tolerances. I mean, these are not the vehicles of the 90s. These vehicles are good for 300,000 miles. What we need to do as an industry is say, stop buying the story that the dealership's giving. You know, come buy the new LED lights. You don't need them. Hold on to those vehicles because according to the AAA, and this is what we need to do as service providers, we need to advise the family that according to the AAA, they have studied this. And if you hold on to those vehicles an extra three to five years, you will save tens of thousands of dollars in additional, in, in preventable depreciation costs. Depreciation costs are when you sell your car prematurely and you go and you buy a new one because you sold, sold it at a loss. That loss is computed to be two and a half times more expensive than all the insurance money the family spends on the three vehicles they own. So as a service provider, I now tell Mrs. Wilson, we got you covered. Listen, we're going to take, it's up to you if you want to dump the vehicles early, but we are, we are on a path to help you keep this vehicle till 300,000 miles, and it will maintain the original manufacturer specifications in performance. That's our promise. What a sales pitch, really, and, and a powerful one. And um, I remember doing a, a show uh, a while back, maybe six, seven months now, uh, on, on getting a vehicle to 250,000 miles of maintenance and the spreadsheets that were created by the shop owner, and uh, and the proof in the pudding was that the math was there. The, the you know you couple it with service intelligence and, and that piece of math, uh, it, it could turn over a tough customer. But you're you're right. Good stuff. Um, George Anico, founder CEO of E Auto Club Inc. out there in Pacific Palisades, California. Thank you for your wisdom and your knowledge. Would you come back and let's just do another kind of tech immersion here? I'd love this. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me, Carm. You, you are a true powerhouse in our industry, and uh, a lot of us uh, thank you for what you're doing. This is very Appreciate important. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, thanks, George Anico from eAuto Club for sharing your passion as computer power, data, customer satisfaction, and organic sales growth all come together in a very informative episode. Hey, find the show notes with George Anico at remarkableresults.biz slash e288. Now there, find George's extended bio and the show's talking points. You know, every week the podcast archives grow, and if you're a new listener, you've got to spend about 10 minutes on the podcast website, remarkableresults.biz. There I've cataloged these powerful audio storybooks by their key talking points by series, and the entire catalog is powered by a smart search feature. Find the tech cloud and archives and start your learning curve. You know, I know it will sound great, and you'll find inspiration from your industry's colleagues who've paid it forward for you. Hey, don't forget to share with a friend. Talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time...